You're listening to the Huck and Ride Podcast, the show that celebrates the two-wheeled lifestyle from pros to beginners and everything in between. Proudly brought to you by Kenda, the tire that's designed for your journey, the Huck and Ride Podcast is homegrown on two wheels. And now, here's your hosts, Jason Simpson and Lala Naharis. Hello and welcome to... Uh, episode 13 of the Huck and Ride podcast. Woo woo! Woo, lucky number 13. Yeah. Anyone oh know God. whose voice that is? Ooh, who is that? <laughs> it's the British bomber. <laughs> <laughs> Today we have our lovely guest, Maxine Irving. Hi there. And uh, so Maxine has been uh, in the bike industry for quite a few years. Just a Lala couple. and I have had the pleasure of knowing her for at least the about the last 20 years or so. Yeah, something and like that. Yeah. It's so we were just talking. Uh, we're going to go way back to uh, like 2001, 2002. I was just starting out in uh, racing downhill. I'd raced cross country before that. Um, well, moto and cross country, I don't know. I, I never really did anything real well. I just kind of bounced around. You showed up to. I showed up. (laughs) You showed up to the start gate. (laughs) But but around that time, 2001, 2002, I started racing downhill, and I met Maxine out at Fontana. Fontucky. Yeah, which is, we were talking earlier about how it's just the breeding ground for a ton of racers. Yeah, yeah. Little little Fontana. Someone told me to go out there um, when I first started riding and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to this big hill. There's, you know, get on a shuttle and I didn't know anything about it. And then I'm like, I'm in a cul-de-sac. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going going through yeah, through the houses. This, yeah, and there's there's pit bulls trying to climb over walls at me, and yeah, yeah it was. Uh, yeah, that little hill has has bred so many good riders. You know. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So, um, before that, so what what brought you to the U.S.? Um. Oh my gosh, I came out. Uh, to the U.S. when I'm from England and I came out when I was 21 in 1994. Um, actually, the it's kind of a funny story because it relates to bikes. I um I grew up kind of not with without any money. I grew up in a working class background, and um, you know it was it was pretty hard living uh, with no money in England. And I was working in a mill, um, and I was punching out boxes. I worked at a screen printers. And, uh, you know, there was kind of no hope and I was getting a bit down on it all. And I was like, man, I, I used to sit, stand there and, and punch these boxes out. And it was eight hours a day of the same thing. And I went down after work one day to a, a bookstore and I saw, I saw a girl riding a mountain bike on a magazine cover. And I was like, what, what, what's she doing? You know, like, wh- who's that? And I, I picked the magazine up and I went through it and I got obsessed with this photo and it was Julie Furtado. Okay. And I, I knew not, I didn't understand that you could actually ride a mountain bike on grass at that time. You know, I, I just didn't know anything about it. Yeah. And um, I just got obsessed and I put her picture up um, along with David Bailey's, the motocrosser at my workstation yeah. at work. And I would kind of just do this dead end job, but kind of what that dead end job really led me to was it, it helped me daydream about what I could do. So you got through your work day by daydreaming about what you want to do. Uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Pretty much. 
And so one day I, I, I just, um, it all came to a head and I'm like this, you know, it, cut a long story short, I got, uh, I got really depressed when I was 20 and um, I just shut the machine off one day and I was like, uh, you know, six months later I was, I was in California riding my bike, riding a, a bike in Big Bear. And uh, I just was like, I'm going to go do that. I was, you know, it, it wow. kind of, I just uh, yeah. had a vision of doing it, but I just, it just led me down that path. I just used to daydream about, you know, I'd, everything in that picture, you know, I bought, I went out and bought an avalanche, a GT avalanche. And I bought, I tried to buy the same shoes as her and the, you know, everything on the picture I tried to buy. I was so into it. So, so yeah, I, I kind of got into it through a little bookstore. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> wow, what and, and what a woman to look up to. I mean, oh, yeah. That, yeah. She, yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. When I, I, I was fortunate enough to meet her a few years ago, and oh, yeah. my gosh, and I, I loved riding my Juliana, but, like, mm. just that whole, the passion she had for it well, and has for it. Yeah, and, I mean, at that point, you could see it on her face. Like, you know, any time I saw her, like, I, I remember looking on her arms, and her arms were always, like, glistening, you know, she was very dark skinned at that time with, you know, in, in California. I was just had this dream of like California and Colorado and, you know, <laughs> wow, what's, you know, you must get really suntan there. And she was always had this look on her face like she was, I don't know, she was just just suffering, but but making it work. And I just I just wanted to be her so badly. I've never met her, actually. I'd love to meet her at some point. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. With all the meetups, you've never met her. Never met her. Julie, oh. if you want to go ride. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That would be a good day. Yeah. That would be. Yeah. That's meet, awesome. To meet your so, yeah, it, it kind of all started there, really. Okay. You know? So you come to, to California, mm -hmm. and then um, mm -hmm. you met quite a few people who had influences on you becoming, like, going more towards the downhill. Yeah. So I came out, and I, I, I landed in Long Beach with, you know, I lived with my brother for a little bit, and then I, I got into, I did some motocross. So I used to go out to Paris Raceway and, and, and Glen Helen, and I just, I never raced. I just you loved riding motorcycles. And then uh, my friend Pip, uh, Pip Hancock, he's actually the lead singer of the Guana Bats, which is a really cool psychobilly band. Um, he was walking by and saw my brother's little sticker, the British sticker. He's like, oh, are you from England? And this commonality we had with with where we're from. And he's like, you should come and, and ride bikes with uh, with my wife. They're going to go do this women's only weekend in Big Bear. And Lacey and Moretti was there. And, and I just was like, okay, I'll have a go at this, you know. And they loaned me a bike. And I just ended up going to this uh women's only weekend with, you know, being taught by Lee Donovan and Mercedes Gonzalez. And, and I, I just happened to be kind of good at it. And, um, April lawyer was teaching too. It was just become my, one of my best friends. And th those girls were like, you should, you should try it, you know, cause I, I would just kind of, you know, doing motocross, it's like this 200 pound bike versus this, you know, yeah. Well, at that yeah, point, that it point, was yeah, fifty-five <laughs> pound bike. Yeah. Still heavy it was a V. It was a Cannondale, one of those v, super V's, super V eight hundred. <laughs> I destroyed it. It was. It, I, I learned it from Bike USA and took it back. And they're like, "What have you done?" 
I was like, well, sorry, yeah. it didn't work properly. And then <laughs> I went through the tape. And, and because you you have your British accent, they just let you go. It yeah. was fine. They were like, don't worry about it, Mary Poppins. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> so as a demo driver, you know how it feels when you get some of your bikes back, right? I know what they've been up to. <laughs> <laughs> There's I no know. putting that past you I know you exactly up. what they've been up to. Yeah. 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 It's funny. That's, cool. that's funny. All I know is the first time I met you was... Jay's like, oh, yeah, you're going to go ride with Maxine. I'm like, okay. She's like, she's an ex-World world Cupper. I'm like, have you seen me ride? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to want me to go down. She's going to want to do the expert and pro course. Like, I'm still in the beginner, like, off camera. I'm, she's not going to want to do this with me. And you were like, come on, let's go ride, little lady. And I'm like, oh, God, what's going to happen? Come on, my little other? mate. Let's go. <laughs> I did it. I did ride oh, with you. Yeah. I think I've ridden with you a few times. We're good. Yeah. yeah. No, it, 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 any time. It, it's funny because when you get to a certain level, I mean, I, I only did World Cups for a hot minute and, you know, a lot of things in my life changed. But having been at that level, um, you know, a lot of people like, oh, they get kind of like, you're not gonna yeah you're not gonna ride with me i love it it's like yeah let's just go ride whatever it doesn't yeah. matter yeah. you don't have to go fast all the time so i know lee helped you out a lot she did yeah she taught me how to be a professional okay like with uh, uh, yeah i mean i was my first year in downhill you know was just a crash fest but i i didn't kind of have any fear so i i <laughs> were you, were you, were, oh my God, were you athletic terrible. or into any type of sports growing up? Um, no, I skateboarded. Okay. Yeah, in England. Um, but com- competition-wise, I'd actually, um, I was into sports. Me and my dad would go shooting, shooting clay pigeons. And I ended up winning um, the world title when I was 16 for uh, sporting clays. So I was into sports and like you know that kind of mind that competition mindset competition mindset yeah. but not necessarily like an ath- athleticism no. or like no. so so you finding out that i mean you'd ridden motocross and stuff but you weren't necessarily like i never trained super athletic I yeah i never knew how to train or work out or any of that stuff it was more just like i just wanted you know i was very competitive it's just built into us isn't it i think yeah as athletes. Uh, we, we've had podcasts on this thing. You're competitive. I'm I know you are. I'm not competitive. I'll wave in my race what? run. I'm good. We had this whole <laughs> call. Spencer goes, what are you doing waving in your race run? I'm like, it's what I do. He's also, you go through like the pageant wave. I'm like, yeah, there's no need for me to get there fast. One, one of my yeah. favorite, my, one of my <laughs> favorite friendly arguments that Maxine and I ever have is when it comes to, to motocross and talking about motocross racers. Oh, yeah, I'm a big James Stewart fan. Yeah, see, and I was a Ryan Dungey yeah, fan. Yeah, I'm just all just out, like, like, wing it, don't worry. Yeah, and, and then I'm like, I've, give me Mr. Consistency. Yeah, I run a team. Not I want all. that guy. I know exactly what I'm getting every <laughs> no, time with him. I don't know what's going to go on, and I love it. <laughs> 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 we, could be, we could be 10 seconds ahead or, you know, 10 laps down. In the pits, in fixing a, a broken bike. I'd, yeah, exactly. Yeah. How yeah. funny. You guys are two uh, peas in a pod. <laughs> We've had so many. Art, like, oh, it's so good. Because I would get so hurt. I'm like, well, it doesn't go for the w-. And then, you know what was funny about that is my, my friend Rob Brown, he loves Dungy too. And he kind of broke it all down for me. I'm like, okay. And then when I saw him, like, reaching down to do the gear shifting, when he broke in his shifter, yeah. I mean, He's wow. gnarly. He's yeah. getting gnarly. Then, then, yeah, he got a little, 
got you got gnarly for sure. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, all right, Ryan, you're okay. I'll pat you on the back because I'm so great at everything I do. <laughs> but oh. Um, oh, yeah. My, oh so my. yeah, I went to yeah. Anyway, I got into yeah. like '99. I I I rode. I I paid my own way to, you know, whatever Norber. But Norbers were so stacked back then. Yeah. You know, it was rad. Like you go to a Norber and you'd have to qualify in the women's, and there'd be 38, 40 women qualifying right. and they took 30 yeah now it's you know and then it dwindled as it, it's gone on but back then you know the bigger is big rigs were still right you know yeah we're still in the pits yeah so it was like the heyday yeah um so i did that and then i kind of saw that lee i've always been one to ask for help like i'm never shy about like i have to get there but I have to ask, you know, and I saw that Lee was training uh, April Lawyer and David Kay and um, God bless his little soul. Um, and and Melissa Buell and Taylor Muxlow. And I was like, I got to get what they're getting. And I just went up to Lee and I was like, hey, would you consider taking me on? And she did. She was, uh, that, Lee's just a pro, you know, Eric Carter, Lee Donovan, Brian Lopes, all those at that time, Miles Rockwell, mm-hmm. they were just I'd never seen anything like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know? they were they were kind of the the pioneers of of yeah. the sport, but at the same time they they took an approach to the say training. this is this is going to be professional. Like, yeah. you know, if you're mm-hmm. going to beat me, you're going to have to train. Like, yeah. it's not going to be. Well, as soon as I as soon as I trained, I started training with Lee in December, and my first real race under Lee's coaching was Sea Otter. And within those, that short of a time, I mean, I could sprint. We, we'd do like two workouts a day. I'd do a road for an hour and a half in the morning. And then I'd do either BMX or, you know, th- three times a week I'd do, um, what you call it, gym work. Uh-huh. Muscular. She's, she's doing motions over here. <laughs> <laughs> I she could just only, worked out. Yeah. You guys don't even see her. I couldn't like even do, bench press. I couldn't even do a push-up. Yeah. So, you know, by the end of, you know, those kinds of training and the consistency uh, and the stability of the training, it it builds on itself. And then with the confidence, and Lee did a lot with like hypnosis and stuff. So, you know, your mind was like, no one could beat you, you know? Yeah. So then, yeah, I got pretty good. 2002 was a really good year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many stories Mm. Uh. coming to me. (laughs) Good and bad. Yeah. Um, so you also had mentioned, we haven't talked about them today because mm. we, were, we were having some discussion before we started recording, but um, Sven and Anka, Anka Martin, ah. they, were, they yeah. were a big help to you as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as, you know, Anka and me, we just hit it off. We... You know, I we I met them in Big Bear. Sven was doing his photos, and Anka was riding on this little. I think she was on a specialized stump jumper, and it was like she would close her eyes going off. You know, she. We, I got talking to her, and I was in the pro class, and she was getting to get <laughs> to be a Lala pro. Can, Do you can close relate. your eyes? She has. She has. Yeah. Before. Have Ryan, you ever? Does, Ryan it, had does it work? I, I made it through. I didn't crash. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, Jay's like, can you not close your eyes this round when you go oh race? I'm gosh. like, I can't promise. Well, you just you. come up to a section and like just it automatically. I seen it was a log. 
Yeah. It was this wide over here, like, Ooh. and my, and I don't want to hit my pedal on the log. So you close your down eyes. Over there. I close my eyes and I made it. I'm like, oh, okay, keep pedaling. Wow. Yeah, well, that's pretty much what Anka used to do. She doesn't do that now. <laughs> it works. But yeah, she would close her eyes. And, huh. and I'd be like, you know, and we got, we kind of hit it off and we went riding in Laguna and uh, it kind of, you know, from there it just, we, I, me and Anka would ride all the time and, you know, she's just become this amazing mountain biker, you know, she's, she, she, where she's gone with the sport is yeah. really cool. Right. Um, she's had the opportunities to, to travel and, you know, it's been Really cool watching her and Sven. Sven's an amazing photographer. Right. But but what happened with that is that we, they got on a team, the Turner Romic team with Doug Heiser and Rob Brown started a team, and they invited me to come on and and that team was a really really cool cool little deal. Right. Turner Romic. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about the time I met you. Yeah. You, that's you right. You were on that team. Yeah. That was a. Yeah, I think it was Tony Gardiquez, uh, Stu Travis, and Anka Sven, and it was just this, we were like the Bad News Bears. It was great. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have the t-shirts yeah. with the marker writing on them? <laughs> <laughs> but we really, you know, Rob Brown, what, what really helped me at that point too, I have to say is Rob Brown um, gave me, when I was training with Lee, I, at the same time, Rob was like, hey, follow me. And and I just would follow Rob everywhere, and it gave me s this uh, amount of confidence that I could do anything. Right. Uh, and that took my, you know, riding or to a, a level that I never knew it could have got to. Yeah. You know, I just wasn't afraid, and I could. I, I started jumping at that point, which was always scary on those old bikes, man. Yeah. Well, you do you remember that? jumping on the that old stuff? Well, so or or basically just hitting a jump and. Being yeah. Is that when you guys air. had the la yellow elastic? Oh, it was. It was <laughs> we were a little beyond that, but was it was just they. You know, bikes hadn't. They hadn't figured out exactly pivot points and things like that. <laughs> so the way that the suspension would rebound and it react would, to things, right. and it was just crazy. Yeah. So I remember going from like a a Trek VRX, <laughs> <laughs> and then I got a a Santa Cruz Bullet, Ooh. which actually jumped really really well because it's just a high single pivot and it yeah it worked really well jumping right. didn't do other things well but it could jump yeah pray for so, jumps so yeah so and i'm yeah. i always love jumping but yeah it was yeah some some of those bikes you would just get on and it would just be like just hope for the best i mean i yeah. guess lala was onto something by closing her eyes and yeah hoping for the best because <laughs> well some of the you old were smart smart <laughs> She was ahead yeah. of the, the You time. were ahead of the curve. <laughs> I'm you, just catching up. Mind you, my first downhill bike was a Cannondale Perp. Perp? What was that? Exactly. Like it was a, a hardtail. No, it was no. A, like a 50-pound single crown bike. Oof. Well, in case I didn't was like it. Was it made out of lead? <laughs> I think so. Some oh parts. Yeah. When it landed on my back, mm. oh, yeah, it was made out of lead. That's not supposed to happen, Lala. Oh. When it lands on your back, then you know you... Did you crawl off the side <laughs> under the tape? No, on, I your, on all fours. Have you done that before? <laughs> oh, I yeah. asked. Like, him, oh. I'm thinking, where's my bike? And then it hit me. And you're like, oh, there it is. I'm like, found it. Trusty now little I'm friend. Underneath it, yeah. I have the chest protector, and I'm like, <laughs> I felt like a, a turtle on its back. You can't get up, right? Oh my god. Oh, Do you remember god. all the stuff we used oh. to wear back then too. Yeah. 
because yeah. the, you know like that was it the whole the Dionysi suit i had a pink one Ooh. it was horrendous i used to wear it with a simple green outfit i remember standing in a Dionysi suit the first time i went to bootleg <laughs> looking going is there more protection for me oh i was bootleg. so scared didn't you just throw yours away when you moved I was, recently yeah. i still have oh, mine i won't throw them away I, uh, they're bottoms uh, I won't throw them away. I came across them. I'm like, oh, what a gem those are. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah no. I wonder oh, what then. those things smell like. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it smells like any I'm of the, made of roses. <laughs> if, if the guys in their gear bags, if it smells anything like that, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. man. I know. There's, like, just a million stories. Like, yeah. That's you guys well, that's, yeah. So back to the, the rebound thing. Yeah. Um. You know, I kind of go out now on, on the stuff I ride now. I ride, you know, the Specialized Levo. And and I, I'm like, wow, I, I've improved on jumping. You know, I can kind of hit anything. And I realized, like, not too long ago, like, oh, no, it's... The it's, bikes are better. The bikes are working. <laughs> they actually work now. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, it's a big difference. But, yeah, but, you know, following Rob down and getting that confidence from someone was... I was always insecure about winning and, you know, I'm just, I just kind of grew up with, you know, some stuff that I, I, I became insecure about winning or deserving things. So, um, when I got under, you know, when I, well, not got under Rob, that would be a terrible thing. Um, <laughs> 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 sorry, Lala, it was, I'm, I'm, I was supposed to go a certain way with this, but, um, but no, when I, when I started following Rob and got his coaching, I, and Lee Donovan, it just became really good. So yeah. I, I was good. I, you know, at that point it went from like I was maybe top fifteen in, you know, in Norbas and and a couple of World Cups to, you know, I qualified my first w- World Cup or Norba, which you know was, you know, same, full World same, Cup kind of really one in the same, then, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you were doing one, you'd kind yeah. of did the other. Yeah. Like I got second at Sea Otter to Anne Caro, and then my first real big race because. Seattle is not, you know, yeah. nothing to judge off really. But um, I, I qualified sec- uh, third uh, under uh, behind Missy and, and Sabrina. So I knew my, my, yeah. my, I just made this huge leap. Yeah, huge. Uh, and wow. it was just confidence. In a short amount of time too. So yeah. that's awesome. And it was a lot to do with what Lee taught me with training. And my body was just, you know, I could, I could sprint for you know, three, four minutes, just like no anyone, full power, you know? Right. Just letting anyone knowing out there that's working in a warehouse, uh, that's punching boxes. If you think you can just put a picture up, daydream, yeah. yeah, chase your dreams. That's, yeah. that's the best thing about a dead end job. Yeah. Puts no, a, but look, look what it did a minor threat on and, yeah. <laughs> and what, dream. <laughs> what, did your, what did your mom think when you're like, I'm going to California, mom? Oh, my poor mom. Um, she knew that, you know, I, I was going through a really difficult time um, at that point and, and discovering that I I uh, I have bipolar disorder and, and I didn't know it at that time. And um, I think that was the real start of that in my 18s to 20s. So I'd become incredibly depressed and she just wanted the best for me. And I was like, I'm going to go do this. But I, I had a place to go. Yeah. You know, I was going to come out and see my brother and and, you know, Go, go see your brother, sort yourself out. Let me, you know, kind of, and I just left and, and, you know, there's, there's a whole backstory to all right, that. But, right. um, so she, yeah, I mean, she's obviously, my mom's lovely. She, she, you know, 
is just happy that I'm happy. Yeah. You That's know? bad. So, you know, it's been difficult for her, but she lost her girl. But, you know, in, in, in that way, I'm not around all the time. But she knows that that was the best thing for me. So yeah, can't can't complain, really. Yeah. So then you were on your tur- the Turners. And I, I, like I said, when I met you, you were riding that bike. And those mm. things were just so cool looking. The square oh, tube. Oh, man. Well, I it, here's a funny story is... Um, I, Rob Brown still has one of those bikes. Um, uh, and I, I took it around the block like a, a couple of months ago just to kind of, I was like, oh, let me go around. <laughs> and it felt really good. It felt like one of our, you know, because they were only like, what, five or six inches back then. Yeah. And it felt like as good as one of the trail bikes I was on. Yeah. Like it turned, it was pretty steep angled. Yeah. But yeah. man, that thing was, Dave Turner, but that bike was the one of the best bikes I've ever ridden. Yeah, it was it was phenomenal the way that rear end worked. Right, and the angles it was super steep. You only had to tip it over, and you were like, yeah, <laughs> road <Turn> race. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it was it was amazing at the time, yeah. and it was kind of um, very similar to the Sun. Remember that Sun that um, Nicholas Foyot used to? Oh yeah, yeah, you know, the double yeah. top double top uh-huh. down tube. Uh-huh. That bike, and so it was very similar looking. So funny how, though, he's USA made Intense with Jeff Steiber, Brett Foes at Foes. Uh-huh. Like, you get these American-made ones because they don't want something out there that doesn't work, and they're in our back door. This is right, all. Right, right. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? It's so funny on yeah. how they're so meticulous because they ride, too. They see right. it. They feel it. They, they want it to be good. So, I mean, yeah. Turner has done amazing over the years with his bikes. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, to your point there, like I worked for intense for a few years and, you know, if you were on an intense back then, I mean, that was the bike. Uh, I think John Tomac and uh, Toby Henderson and a lot of people were just private labeling the frame or, or manufacturers were right. Yeah. I mean, whole teams were, yeah. Haro mongoose, like all these teams. Yeah. And they were using, um, Jess frame. The, yeah. the M1 chassis right. and that thing, yeah. I think Palmer came in earlier and, and, and helped develop, well, develop that with Jeff and they had this cool, you know, little attitude going on and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah. and yeah, they just put everything into it. And right. Just once um, again, passion, right? Yeah. Right, right. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, mm. um, yeah, they just blew up the world with that. And then, you know, I think, who was it that was saying, it's like, you know, there's certain brands like Foes, Intense, Turner, and then, um, who else? Yeah, Foes was Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, San Diego, it would have been like Carpiel or something. Oh, Remember yeah. Carpiel? Oh, yeah. So it was like they this little, little, little brand. Nikolai. You know? yeah. Like oh, they, Nikolai. Yeah. 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 All these, yeah, cool brands. Yeah, but, but Dave built a great bike back then, man. Yeah, that was, that was, Gar- that was a really cool bike. Yeah. Yeah, I love that bike. I wish I still had it. Yeah, yeah. I wish you did too. Yeah. I'd like to pedal that around. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a trip. It's a trip to go back. I know Pete. just did some like old school thing where he didn't he on pink bike or something. He went and rode one. Oh of his old yeah, bikes. yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. the whole garage full of the, yeah. the GTs and stuff from way back. And right. Yeah. Hans yeah. Ray does too. I think too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Wow. So okay, so you had some good good qualifying and World Cups. Mm. Good finishes. I was a really good practicer. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I finished 
I think I would always crash. I, 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 I qualified usually really well and I, I, I rode really, really well. But I, I had a bit of race head going on. Like I, I never raced you know, mentally was, was, was my problem. Like yeah. I never, I would get in the gate and then suddenly decide that I didn't know where my keys were. I'd have left them in the, you know, you know what I mean? Like right. I would get distracted. Yeah. Did I leave the iron on? I don't know. And then my, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I would ride really, really we've well. Had a but couple, we've had a couple riders yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. But it, I mean, EC pointed it out uh, not too long ago about, you know, when people are coming down and you're on a good run you realize you're on a good run and then you try and save it. Mm. You know what I mean? So you don't, you actually kind of get out of the racing mode. And I, I did that a lot. Um, I was always a really good rider, but yeah, just never could put it together. Okay. Yeah. Fa- favorite track that you ever. Ooh, uh, Durango. Durango. Yeah. Yeah. Durango's good. It's good. It kind of yeah. has it. I remember, I think I've brought it up before. A lot of the old Norba courses, they were mm. just, not that they were predictable, but they all kind of, because they, they started at the same type of mountain, like big alpine mountain, right? Yeah. So you start off <clears throat> and you're kind of in the open, mm. big, big wide. wide open, just yeah. just going, and then you kind of get down into the steeper and the trees. Yeah, a lot of off-camber a lot too, of off which camber. you don't really see now much. I mean, as right. in American racing, yeah. Anyway. And so you'd get into the trees and it would get a little tighter, a little more technical, and then you'd hit some rocks and stuff. And then yeah. it kind of gets to the bottom where it not necessarily flattens out, but you're still kind of in the tight trees, but negotiating. In the aspens, yeah. In the, in the aspens, kind of pedaling right. at the end. So you kind of had everything. You had mm-hmm. super high speed, super tech, yeah. and then you had your fitness at the end. Right. It would and always so kind of, yeah. The one thing I loved about those courses back then was how wide they were. Yeah. You know, and and you could just pick, and it was almost like your first run is like, I have no idea what to do because there's not a line built in yet. And you just right. be going down this grass field and you're like, well, where am I going? But then it would bed in and, you know, you'd start to get those lines going. And um, I remember actually one of my first, one of the reasons I liked it so much was my first time at Durango World Cup, Missy Giove was like, you want to do a run? You know, and I was like, okay, you know. Missy Giove, world champion. I've looked yeah. up to you since forever. And um, I did a run with her and um, just watching her go down. She was so cool. And re- and then she got to some like rock section and just took off. I was like, oh man, got a lot of work to do. <laughs> but uh, I, I love that track. I love the wide open, yeah. jumpy. And yeah. they had those big steep, you remember that steep thing yeah. like, with the catch net on it? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you couldn't even stop. Yeah. A lot of those things were like when it would get raining in the afternoon. Right. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah. I'm, I'm on one. I'm yeah. just you going. Ju- you I just set your mind it. and you're done because if you hit your brakes, you're you're going to see that net on the other side. Oh, I yeah. Mean, so, yeah. There was one steep, steep part, and I remember just coming down it, and it was like this this chunky, steep. You could barely walk down it. Yeah. And then it made this, like, 90-degree left turn, and there was a catch net, and you just end up in the catch net all the time. Like a little fly, <laughs> squeaming. <laughs> yeah. See, that would be exactly why. Uh, Don't go down yeah. that. I'm good. Oh man, that's that was good times. remember the 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 Duke brothers, mm-hmm. Kyle and Todd. Kyle and Todd, yeah. At look at one story of that. Actually, I came down at the World Cup in in Durango. I think it was 2001, and Kyle had lost his shoe halfway down, and he and he and they always ran flats. So he had the spikes in the bottom of again, his feet. Again, I'm pointing at Lala. Yeah? Oh, yeah. 
We'll, we'll, what have you we'll, done? We'll have follow done up with that. Let's, it, let's, let's, let's put that one in the bag for later. No, so, so this was Kyle or Todd that you're talking uh, about? This was Kyle, and he came okay. through with, yeah, his foot was like a balloon. I'm like, well, why didn't you get off and get your shoe? But he's just like, no, I've got to win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, L- Lala did that at Sea Otter. Two years ago. Two or, well, 2019. Three. They didn't have it in 20. What, what happened to your shoe? It fell off. When you closed I, your eyes, your shoes fell off. No, I didn't close my eyes on that one because that, that <laughs> course isn't really a close your eye course. There's nothing really scary on it, but uh. I came across, you know, that little section where you go over the road and mm. you do that little G out. So I did the G out. My shoe came off because I wear them like slippers. Okay, I know. And it fell <laughs> off. Well, now. You need a shoe sponsor. <laughs> well, she, I do. she had a shoe sponsor. She just doesn't time sh- tight I don't enough. Tie, ah. I do them slip ones. There you go. And so I. F- Put my foot down and kept, well, you know, it's all that pedally stuff next. Yeah. Holy crap. And um, got to the bottom. The girls are like high-fiving me because I finished. We're good. And they're like, what happened to your shoe? I said, I lost it on the jump up there, you know, the GL. They're like, you didn't stop and get it? I'm like, no. <laughs> and on the bottom of my feet, I had so many. Because yeah. not only yeah. when you did yeah. the jumps, right, all those little whoops through that grass area, you right. know. My feet would re-land every single time on the pedal. So I had like 500 hole pins on my feet. Well, good for you for for getting through that. So Ozzy from Cannondale at the time and Jay were coming down to the bottom um, because they were mid-pack seeing how how, uh, we did and stuff in the races. And they're like, I'm like, I lost my shoe. They're like, yeah, we got it. The EMT looked at them and says, why didn't she stop and get her shoe? He goes, because she has a whole team up there that if she didn't finish, <laughs> she would have been ca- in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, and the, the ladies are like, I don't know that we would have finished. And they're like, everybody in front of me was like, yeah, no, like that hurts. I'm like, yeah. no, yeah. I would have definitely gotten back for my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even think twice to do that. I don't, That's and funny. I also probably didn't remember there's pins on my pedals. Yeah. Until the next jump when you land in, you're like, yeah. oh, that hurt. But I still pedaled. I did good. Good job. Good <laughs> job, girl. <laughs> I didn't finish last. Not a so quitter. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. No, no qu- quitting. No quitting around here. No. Huck and ride. Uh uh-uh. uh. Huck and ride. Yeah. We finish. <laughs> yeah. We might be idiots, but we finish. Do you huck or do you ride? Well, I. S- I ride. You ride? You're a hooker? Um, I think you do both. I, I, I do my, my fair share of hucking. <laughs> <laughs> what is a huck these days? Because I, 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 hucking to me would be uh, Josh Bender. Yeah. At, at um, Deer Valley. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. He <laughs> literally hucked himself to the flat on his face. Right. Like, close your eyes off a drop. Yeah. Yeah, no. I think he closed his eyes that yeah. day. Yeah, no, we don't sure. do that. We no. don't do that. You, no. can, you can huck safely. Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. I don't know, there's a lot oh. of hucking and shrouping and, yeah. and gnar out there that goes mm-hmm. on nowadays, right? Yeah. yeah. I was, I was going to make a, a comment because this last Saturday I did a big ride and I was going to uh, say, you know, I did... Maybe two hucks, but more riding than hucking for sure. Mm, two hucks. Two hucks in one one big ride. I'm gonna I'm gonna count my hucks. Yeah. There you go. All yeah. Right. I'll let you know. Yeah. We're gonna go ride this afternoon. Yeah. You Let's gotta some count count your hucks in the ride. All right. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna do four. Okay. Just so yeah. you guys know, I said I ride. I don't huck. We're good with that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not the huck. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Actually, and our name just I don't know if you've listened to the other ones, but. Jay's dog is Huck, and then also oh, Hucking right? goes to riding. Yeah. So um, oh, that's how we came yeah. up with the name Huck and Ride. Oh. So his dog and the fact that bikes Huck. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's how really we came cool. up with the name. Good yep. job. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I'm happy I know that now. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. Very good. So, okay. So mm-hmm. Durango's your favorite. 
Yeah, Durango, and then I loved um, uh, what was it, Capronostria? Oh. I raced Worlds in 2002, and that track was amazing. That was really cool as well. Yeah, very. Cool. I don't know. Super I watch some of these tracks, and I can't believe. Forget the men making it down, but even the women at their speed, like, you know, because here sometimes, the, you know, you see the gap in the women's time. Mm. You guys on those hills, that, that gap isn't as big, you know. I no. mean, I've, I love Rachel Atherton's style and Tracy Hanna, mm. just the whole style of, of their riding, like, just. Yeah. Those girls are moving. Gnarly. Yeah. gnarly right like yeah I, i'm thinking i gotta pay my bill on monday you know and <laughs> you know they're like yeah. this is my bills you know and yeah so i mean like even lately i've been follow i've always followed rachel and she's riding again and like after being pregnant and everything like oh she's right. so excited to like yeah put the speed in and and it's just like wow yeah like, that those, desire and love those girls i mean over the years you know female racing i saw it when i was racing you know i got a bad rap you know it was you know, and and now it's so cool to see it that you know the girls are are, are moving. You yeah. Know? They they're going so good, and um, just the training you can kind of see it in Rachel, like on her upper body, how much she. You know, I think Miriam Nicole is kind of catching up with her a little bit as far as strength, but or did. Mm -hmm. I know she hasn't raced for a couple of years, but it's um you know the strength that Rachel has in her shoulders and her upper body was really above it seemed to me anyway yeah. to be above everyone well, i think that's what's protected on a lot of those crashes as bad as some of them were mm. they could have been way worse you yeah. know like but she took care of her body but you yeah. know she has two brothers that that are strong and yeah doing this as well so yeah yeah they she's yeah she she's amazing they all are they're all really really and good and to think they used to come to fontana yeah, that's for practice, right. like yeah. that's yeah. It was like oh Win my god, winter they training. The yeah, they do yeah. the training camp in California. Like yeah. two weekends in a row. Like well, everyone, everyone used to come to Laguna. Mm -hmm. um, when I worked at Crank Brothers, it was in the heart of Laguna, and you know, uh, Brendan Fairclaw and and all the guys, PT, um, would all come down and and train in Laguna on the downhill, and then at the weekend hit all the races, and you know. You know, you've got this tiny, if you've never been to Fontana, it's like this really, really small hill, but they do a lot with it. Yeah. Um, and every Southern California, uh, and even some Arizona downhillers come out and, yeah. and give it a go. And it's yeah. just the only thing that was <laughs> around, right? I remember so. we were doing a race and Jay would, <laughs> Jay would race Clydesdales to make sure I made it down the hill safe. And <laughs> there was this guy who came from Arizona and Jay, like, one time oh, would do Oh, no, it. no. He was from Louisiana. Oh, Louisiana. This guy would fly in from Louisiana to race Clydesdale downhill at Fontana. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> no. Okay. But Is Clydesdale the over a certain... Yeah, over, over 200. Over yeah. 200. Ah. But, so I used to do my regular, my vet yeah. pro back then, and then Lala would started racing. So I'm Which I was the last woman, She was right? the last one to go right. for the day. Racer, yeah. last so I'm everything. like, okay, well, I'll go race Clydesdale because they go dead last they go after the women and there right. was no one racing Clydesdale yeah so I would just go up there and yeah sometimes I race run. sometimes I'd go down on my dirt jumper well, or no, but you know I would just you used have to have fun totally have fun Jay you did used to have competition you used to have um what's his name well up a there? couple times Simpson people showed up, up but it wasn't Abelio would go up there yeah a couple Ooh. times people would show up but not very often no but most of the time of, it was him by himself a lot of times so it was me he would himself. go chainless He'd go on his his GT. Yeah, just mess around. Have a good. What, what was it? La Bamba. Yeah. He went down on his La Bamba. Yeah, GT La Bamba, dirt jumper. This La one Bamba. guy got pissed. Yeah. 
because he, this guy took it serious. And Jay's like. Well, yeah, he's just flew in from Louisiana, man. <laughs> yeah, and I found out his, <laughs> his dad owns like an oil rigger down there in the Gulf. So they have money to fly around. Oh, my gosh. But I was but like. Jay was like eating a muffin before he's going down, like just totally messing around and yeah. still beating this guy. And the guy was pissed. You're on the Krispy Kremes. Oh, totally. I mean, I'm, I was in the Clydesdale class, so I was living it up. Yeah. For sure. Just gluttony. Yeah. Oh, my all gosh. Around. Absolutely. <laughs> the guy yeah. would like throw him evil eyes up there. So really? funny. Donnie, Donnie had said he's mad because you beat him. And like, so funny. When oh, he wow. showed up chainless we gotta find and still that guy. beat him by like 30 seconds or 45 seconds or something. <laughs> chainless on a dirt jumper. Oh, my oh, God. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was, this, oh well. this is good times. Fontana, yeah. this is, and then that wall, the chainless on the wall, really? Yeah, like, yeah. He How was running with the one? bike. Yeah. Skateboarded, <laughs> one-footed skateboarded all the way down the wall. Yeah, yeah. You must have been really bored if you had to take your chain off was and fun. entertain yourself. It was fun. <laughs> Riding chainless is so fun. It teaches you so much. Teach oh, it does. Pump. Yeah. And and that's what that's what I liked about well, it. Well, you when you were coaching, I think I forget the there was a young lady, I I forget her name, but you you did chainless or, you know, not no pedaling. Yeah. I think a bootleg. Yeah. You you have yeah. you would have them yeah. sort of do that. That's it's good. It's it's a good way it to It teaches you a lot about braking and, yeah. and pumping, pumping and doing all that. Just maintaining yeah. your, your Conserving rhythm. Conserving energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cuz well, uh, yeah, I mean at Fontana although it's, you know, it's a, it has this big pedal and everyone focuses on that. Um the master of Fontana would be EC, I would say. Right. And he's he the way he cornered and and yeah. had momentum. That's that's mm -hmm. where that all comes I from. I mean, it, it yeah. was ridiculous. Everyone's kind of flapping around trying to pedal everywhere and EC's just flowy. Well, I couldn't believe like the He's amazing. The, the huh? first few times I watched him mm. and just you know, he, he does, there's so much going on in his head that people don't realize, like the way he's dissecting the course and, yeah. you know, cause he's, he's a master. Cause he's just inches. He just moves over inches from where other people go. And right. it's so different. The yeah. outcome, the outcome is so much different. The, it's always about an exit with yeah. him. Like where is his yeah. exit going to be and how fast he's going to be out of right. there. And the gearing that I learned that from EC really like the gearing part. Yeah. Where to change gear, where to, you know, coming yeah. down, like you have to click up. Yep. Um, yep. You know, before you, right, hit, yeah. before, before you hit you the road. Before you cross the pavement. Before you cross the pavement, you got to be in certain, you know. And if you're not. Wow. If, yeah, when you cross that paved road, mm -hmm. if you're not brake checking coming into that, you haven't gone fast enough. Is that right? Yeah. You, you oh, better I be brake checking. Went, I never went fast enough then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He always told me I just need to stand up. Well, he probably just told you you got to open your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I was standing up, though, but there's only this much room between yeah. my, you know, the five. Oh, the, that's the right. Like, if you wore baggy pants. Yeah. I'm like, Eric, she's standing. He's like, oh, my bad. Oh, <laughs> Aw. Well, la lasky. Yeah. Um, just, I'm short. It's, it is yeah. what it is. I'm good. But that's what I love about, like, Fontana and racing. It's like. You know, you spend your 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 whole weekends at this little tiny place, but yeah. then watch your your buddies. You know, like EC or you or you know Steve Z just yeah. come down and and I don't know, like David K for instance. Right. Like he started out. I think the first time I saw David K, he was racing cross country, and he was super skinny. He was a skinny little kid. And and the one thing I noticed about David was he never wore socks in cross country. So you'd see him like tearing through these, you know, the, you know, the sharp rocks or whatever. And, uh, I'd be like, oh my God, look at those little 
bony ankles, like if one of them clipped a rock, you know. And then uh, he started doing downhill and we just became, yeah. you know, he just, there's another one that was, you know, kind of on the, you know, he got sponsored by uh, Intense and got on with Kavarek and was kind of a rock star for there a hot minute, yeah. you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, yeah, there's so many things come out of that little tiny. For sure. Tiny yeah, toys. and I mean, it continues. I mean, Is it, it still going, Fontana? It's still yeah. going, yeah, yeah. Starting up in January again. Oh, Here really? We, yeah, another yeah. another month. They'll be, it's kinda like yeah. why we they'll do be this, racing out there. It's kind of like why we do this podcast. Like, we're in the... We're where everything is. Like it's mm-hmm. it's so a lot comes from our areas, right? Yeah. So it's pretty cool to Yeah. And we learn stories every day. I mean, mm-hmm. every time we do this we learn something about somebody or something. So. Yeah. I mean yeah. The, yeah, the new breed of kids, I mean, that have come out of the Charlie Harrison is obviously oh my a, God, you know, yeah. he's he's a result of Fontana races. He was working at Rock and Road as a like a sales guy or a mechanic a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, I love, you know, and I love Bruce Klein and, and, and Charlie and those kids, they want to, you can, I've so I saw it like, you know, there's a lot of times I think when people judge young kids really fast, like, oh, he's got it or he doesn't. Yeah. And I saw it, you kind of see it with Charlie, you know, like he's, he's come out of, of being a mechanic and now you you're just watching him just have these amazing runs and you're like every year it gets better and better yeah. and it builds you oh, know yeah. builds up and it takes a while but once it hits it's like oh he's got it yeah and now he's one of the one of the top guys it's yeah amazing to see i love that stuff yeah and i know i mean because we get charged up right about racing like oh, we yeah. you know we've been talking about Can this you tell? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so but you know like um austin dooley and dante silva mm. i mean these are like 19 year old kids who are you know yeah, it's com- still coming out of the Fontana Race Series, you right. know, and they're they're a result of the Nick Nesteroff, Stephen Walton, all those kids have yeah. come come through Fontana Racing, and right. so something about the healthy competition and pushing each other, and right. you know, doing that to to just grow the sport, make it right. make it better. Well, it 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 kind of you know when you think about it, like Nathan Rennie, um. You know, who was it back at the time? Kovarik, Nathan, Johnny Waddell, they all did the cranked team. Yes. Remember that yeah. up in Big Bear? Yeah. And they, those kids, before they, you know, it was just like all these Australian kids just flocked on Big Bear, right, and lived in the crank house. And and those, they just became the, the backbone of the sport, right. you know, and you just start these little groups off and they just push each other. Right. And, yeah. that's, and, that, and that comes with California, who's, riding all year round right. so yeah yeah it's really yeah. cool do you remember that crank team though i i vaguely remember andrew it, but codding was on there uh i think it was andrew codding yeah he was a good rider too mm. yeah. don't know the name yeah that's cool yeah he's on gt at the time nice yeah no, that's cool how i mean it's that's the the whole thing is you you find that that group and they just push each other to that mm-hmm. you know when, and we like to s- that's what well, we you get do that to experience with on our team. Like yeah. we get to see that a lot, and that's fun. Yeah, I, you know, doing the job I do now, um, I get to go to events, and I still have it. it. Not so much for as much downhill anymore, but there's these, you know, the Nike and the cross country stuff. Yeah. And there's a few kids that that race cross country that are so inspiring to me. I'm just, um, you know, the Gutierrez brothers, uh, Ra- uh, Ralito such an amazing talent 15 years old and you know that how seriously take it but 
and and how talented they are. They can go out and win an enduro and then right. do all the cross country. Right. And they want to. And and the thing is, they want to take it to the World Cup level. Yeah. And that's well. That's it's funny because we we do that on our team. You know, yeah. we'll get a young kid on the team. And, okay, so what's your goal? Right. I want to race a World Cup. Right. That's almost always the the, the of course stock answer. You know. Yeah. Okay. Well, here let's we go. start. Here we go. We're <laughs> going to start laying out what it takes to get there. Close your eyes. A lot of, yeah. <laughs> Close your eyes it and hold on. Yeah, it does help. <laughs> but, you know, and that's cool. That's cool. I mean, it, you know, I never, we're, we're about building that and stoking that fire, mm. not not trying to extinguish that. Yeah. Right? We always want to build it. Yeah. So. Well, it needs, yeah, and, it, and that's the thing. It needs um, people like you guys are so passionate about it that, you know, want to carry that on. Yeah. Um, yeah, we always wanted to be that breeding team for for yeah. a, like a a, a, well, a farming yeah. team for a factory that helps build those to get them ready for that yeah. next level. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it always made sense to me because I mean, Moto has you know baseball the has it, pro circuit team, every, baseball every, has, has it, and it's like it's made sense to me. Mm. It's just it's never quite caught on in in this sport. It's, right, it's a little too um, individual, individual, almost. and not. Yeah, it's not uh, organized enough. Right. You know, the whole yeah. other thing, too, is I think, and and I'll, someone else just did it this week, and me and you have touched a little bit on it, and, and you know, I'm not, I don't post on social media. Mm-hmm. We have our team. We have our Huck and Ride one. Um, you know, it's really sad, and, and what's gone a lot of that direction, and, and you just sent something to me on it. It's more about the clicks and the influencers out yeah. there versus the actual talent right. and the abilities. Yeah. And it's sad that cut that it's sad that manufacturers look at that as a way of selling mm. instead of your every day, you're out in front of people putting specialized in front of people doing that you know, that ambassadorship, right? Mm. Like, here you go. You know, everyone has their ambassadors. That's all great because they're your backdoor people. But who's selling that next product? Mm. I work in a bike shop. We Two of the kids on the team work in bike shops. So if we're on your bike, who do you think is going to sell that? Who's that influencer that way? Yeah. Not just because you sent me something for free. I mentioned it. I have 90K followers. and But what's the engagement in that, right? right. So... You know, Jay and I have always done things that, and you know, as frustrated as it may be sometimes, it's homegrown. It's mm. it's organic. It's the way we do things because yeah, we, we don't it. we don't Got sell it. it. I'm not putting it out there for money. We do things because our passion and our love for it, which is why what other team at our level has lasted 19 years? Mm-hmm. Nothing. So pretty much you're saying we're the best team out there. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> well, I just wish a company would believe in us. Well, they have. I mean, you know, doing. it's it, we're in weird times right now, too. I mean, it's hard for a company to, to believe in a team when there's no product well, available. Well, I, you know, I get that's, that. But, t- but, 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 but two years ago, they were going more ambassadorships because they don't care about the race aspect as much as they do. Yeah. As, yeah. as they do of the person who can put a fast glimpse together of you know going from your your car to your bike to your car and off to surfing whatever right right i mean i'm just saying in general to get the people like the charlie harrison's the mm-hmm. that you know those people well, of the thing getting going yeah i mean what i'm hearing you sort of say is you know we are very and, and a lot of companies it's a balance right right you have to have your you know 
um, but there's more. There's it's a smaller people that are actually passionate about racing. Right. You know, like real right. true racing, like the Sean Palmers and the. You know, there's a certain. I think there's certain type of people that that do that, and and right. we're you know I can go, I, if I could have my own little cross country team and get Ralito and yeah I would that would just be my dream job you know yeah. and just make sure that they get what they need because I'm a racer right and I understand what, what it, it takes it takes and um, yeah and then there's the you know. Uh, you do need the influences because that's the way the world's going, right. you know. And, no, and, I get it. But there's, yeah, there's, it just needs to be an even thing. Right. Um, but there's less people um, uh, really wanting to race. And, you know, it, it, it's hard for us that have been doing it so long. And, been so, and it's our life. Like, my life right now, like, it, you know, I get up and I watch that F1 show on Netflix. Okay. And I, I, I've never been interested in F1, but to watch the Red Bull team and the way that they, they organize their racing, their pit stops and they infuse it, you know, they're just so into it. I'm like, I, I, I like light up when I watch it because I'm like, that's me. I, I, yeah. we're, we're the same. Yeah. And it's very, it's very hard to come across people that are, are the same. Like-minded. In yeah, way. like-minded or, or want to race or, or want to, you know, push themselves in that way. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, if you run a team, you definitely get people who want, are like that. We have a few people yeah. who are mm. that passionate that that's where they want to well, go. And, that's why and we, I, yeah. I love it. I love that. And that's what I liked about, you know, working with Kavarek or, uh, you know, on the Intense program when I was with Intense and, and being around Palmer. And, you know, you just it was just like this this geared race mentality is a different mentality. Right, right. You know, yeah. and that's why I love it so much when you see it. Like you see Charlie and you're like, oh. It's just like this gem, right? That you're like, he's got it, and right. I get really enthusiastic about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that, that's yeah. good. Sorry, that was my rant. <laughs> just because I'm passionate about the team no, side for of sure. it, and it's hard. Yeah. Sure. You know, we do have our people. We can't who tell. In us. We can't tell she's passionate. No, no, never no. comes out. Never, never. You never. <laughs> you gotta have passion, young lady. Good for you. We definitely. But uh, you know, there's definitely that. Um, you know. I think being older, me, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, watching the, the social media and we were talking before about how I'm, I'm noticing just in, in my work, um, people want a connection, you know, yeah. other than being, you know, I'm starting to do more experience days now, like rides, yeah. VIP rides, because they actually, people are like, no, I want to go ride, especially after the pandemic, you know, people have been on the computers, on phones and all this stuff. And, you know, in one place that it's like, I, I'm hoping, I think the very younger generation might want to get away from that a little bit. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, it's there's a little glimmer of that. Yeah. So, and I think also social media is so new, you know. It, 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 it's it, new and it's... it's People it, don't know what to do with it. Yeah, because... I don't. Because there's, there's some young people on our team, I'm talking like teenagers... Mm. Who want nothing to do with social media? Right, and it scares them. They actually they, turn it off. They, they actually mm. turn it off, and it scares them. They don't like it. I think it. that's yeah. It's the, a burden. The, the very young kids yeah. are gonna, yeah. gonna and I, yeah. go away from it so, a bit. So yeah, so there's a real movement actually. I'm gonna go off on a tangent here, that's but there's good. a real movement um, for younger, the younger generations now that are coming up to 
they want to go to a store and buy things. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not talking about cycling industry, but in, other, in, in general. They, they want, want to touch. They don't want they to want just to see and touch. Yeah. And, and it's, I'm, I forget, I, I listened to a podcast. It might have been, in, been like Joe Rogan that I was listening to that and kind of got that feeling from that. So yeah, yeah it's changing. Yeah. yeah. We Good. see that on the team. Like yeah, for like sure. We have a couple of them. Like okay, mm. like they do it because they need to, not because yeah, that's them. You know, so it is different. And I mean, and I'm good with that too because you're more in the moment, right? It's this: how many times are you going to be face to face, and mm-hmm. you know, without a phone? You know, like they know when we go to dinners, like phones are put away. Like it's we talk. Yeah, you know what I mean, there's still human interaction. Right? Yeah, my buddy has a basket. Yeah, and when you go in his house, you got to put your phone in the basket. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Do your texting and then put it in the basket and right. then come in. Yeah. Right. And it's really it's really refreshing actually. Yeah, so. for sure. My yeah. dad yeah. my dad tells guilty us all, all of us he's gonna throw all of our phones yeah. away because yeah. Oh, we're all guilty. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. you know that's, well, that's the way, of, way yeah. it is, yeah. yeah. Right. But yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you touched you touched earlier and mm. we're gonna go ahead and move on into there because uh it's it's very much a part of your life now and what you're doing now. Mm. Um, well, you talked about specialized, which is your your day yeah. job and things. Yeah. But with mental health, mm. um, you talked you talked about your bipolar, right? And um, some depression early on, and sober. Yeah. Um, ah, and yeah. now now you're sober, and yep. you've had you've had a, a few years of of a real life change. Yeah, big time. Big yeah. time. Why don't you share with us, like, just kind of. Yeah. As yeah, much, as much as you want to. So. Yeah, no, for sure. It's um, you know, it, um, yeah, it's been a difficult path. I um, you know, like I said, when I when I first realized something was wrong was when I was about eighteen. I was kind of standing in my bedroom, and this, you know, feeling came over me of just overwhelming you know, a sadness and I couldn't stop crying. And, and I, you know, I just figured I was a teenager and, you know, all this stuff. And, um, I, I went in, I basically had a nervous breakdown when I was, you know, 20 years old for no reason, you know, yeah, we were, you know, there was, there was certain things going on in my life, but nothing to really affect it that badly. Yeah. Um, so I kind of realized then, and then when I came to America and got into other stuff, um, you know, like, motocross and it kind of took my mind off things but it's always been a bit up and down but um you know it progressed and it it got a lot worse uh over the years but you know what really happened for me was when I um I went to Rome Fest I think it was not uh, it was about three years ago we had the pandemic so we had Rome Fest, which is the women's only mountain bike festival uh-huh. that was run by Ash and Andy, who were amazing girls. And I'd always kind of helped them from the start of that and go and volunteered. And I went down, I think that was in 2017 or 18. And I went to that and I wasn't feeling good. And I hadn't quite figured out. I was still drinking at the time too. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't feeling good. And unfortunately, a, a, a a, a symptom of bipolar is suicidal ideation. Um, and I, I just had it really bad, you know, and I, and luckily I knew what to do. I, I discovered enough about crisis stabilization units and, and I went home and I said, Ash, I, I gotta go. I, and I checked myself into a hospital and, um, you know, I went back the next year to the same festival, obviously, and, you know, feeling good, but, 
um, I noticed that well, there was a, a picture of a girl, you know, kind of up and around the festival. And I was like, I, I, you know, and there was this feeling that this girl, you know, this girl had passed away. And I, I, I asked Andy about it and I was like, what's going on? You know, what's the story? And she's like, oh, this girl was at the festival last year, the one that I was at. And she took her own life four days later after the festival. Wow. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, like at that point I was like, if I'd have known about her and she would have known about me and we'd have shared this, Hey, I'm, you know, uh, you know, dealing with this. Yeah. yeah. I'm dealing with it. I, it, she, it, it was apparent to me that, you know, that might not have happened or wouldn't have happened. Yeah. I knew what to do and she didn't. And, it it was almost like looking in a mirror for me, seeing how her friends were devastated by this. Right. And I kind of decided then, I was just like, I can't not talk about this, yeah. you know, um, because, you know, it, it just, it was so devastating to so many people. And I, I've, you know, I've struggled up until, you know, a year ago with, you know, I, I have, de- you know, depression, um, from bipolar disorder and you know the the trouble with when you say bipolar disorder you know immediately people go oh okay great and they you know they might shuffle off and not talk to you again you know i've had that happen yeah and it's very hard with work you know not not my current work but you you know you never know whether you're going to lose a job because of it um and and these kind of hurdles of in the past not so much now but it's been it's been really hard so you kind of keep it to yourself yeah. Especially those kinds of thoughts. Right. Um, but understanding more about it, you know, and even with David Kay, you know, passing away the way he did and um, a few other people, uh, I just kind of want to make it my mission that I am talking about it. Because when you speak about something like this, you have an, you can connect with other people that when you know, they, they see you as a beacon, like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I can, and and I've had people reach out to me, and, you know, I post things, and you just have to be a beacon for that, Yeah. you know, because when I was really, in 2014 and 15, I was extremely ill, I spent some time in a psychiatric unit, and um, I was in psychosis, and, um, you know, I came out of that in worse shape than I went in, and there's no support, no help. And that's when I, you know, had a, you know, very, very bad. Uh, nothing can kind of get you out of it. Right. So, you know, and it's it's kind of one of those things where the brain, you know, has this stigma around it. You know, you, your lungs could, you could break a leg or you could lungs, you have a lung disease and it's fine. But if the brain gets ill, it's, it's a, a personal reflection of who you are. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's it that people judge you on it. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, do you know right. what I mean? And the brain's the only organ that you really there's any judgment that it's your personal fault. Yeah. And that for me needs to stop. And it stops with me. Um and you know, at that time that I, I would just look up videos of Carrie Fisher and, and I would just search for everything, you know, one of the good things is Andy Irons just their family released um Kiss by God. It's a great documentary about his struggles with mental health and bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. and it's it's devastating. 
But, right. you know, it, right. it, and that's basically why I, I only did racing for a short stint. You know, I, I you know, I, I, from 2000, you know, one to two, 2003, I, I kind of don't remember from 2003 to 2009, you know, I was, I was just really, really, really ill. Yeah. Uh, it's physiological too. Right. You know, your nervous system and. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, sorry, well, I'm waffling on there. No, but. that's okay. And, that's, and Jen, that's I've been your friend through some of those. Well, you were the first years. ones to notice. Yes. I remember and at Big Bear, yeah. you came up to me and you were like, you're not looking so good. And I, I realized then I was like, oh, it's starting to show. And I couldn't hide it by then. Yeah. Um, no, it was not, a yeah. severe depression, suicidal depression. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember, um, uh. I remember one night. Are I we going to cry right now? Oh, ah. man. <laughs> Lala doesn't cry. This, no. uh, this is, you guys were talking, you know, talking to Spencer and, you know, mm. the, uh, and Spencer Rathcamp, of, right. you know, what he's doing and, yeah. you know, talking to him about mental health, going to his thing and then mm. knowing you and Jay and I did know about you. We did know why you drank. We did know why, you know, like we would see you spiral out of it. And mm. we always, even though if you got that drunk or whatever, we always made sure you were safe when you were yeah. with us, no matter what. But I remember I was I remember specifically I was in Claremont and you pulled up on my phone. We hadn't talked in a hot minute. And if you guys know Maxine and you don't have to talk to her every day, the people who are close to her, you could talk once a month, you could talk every six months, whatever. You're there for each other no matter what. We shoot texts every once in a while. Hey girl, thinking of you, are you seeing something and love you, you know, just whatever, right? So I hadn't talked to you in a hot minute. Hey, this was when you had been out of that psychiatric thing, and mm. and I knew you weren't good. I talked to you about, oh, a month before this, and then all of a sudden I got a call. A rainy day. I have no clue where you live. Mm. I have no clue how to get to you. And I honestly didn't know if I got off the phone with you if you were going to be alive. Yeah, yeah, I remember. That, I think, was my scariest thing ever in my life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't know if I could call you because you weren't going to answer. You told me you're not going to answer the phone again to me. I'm like, stay on the phone with me. I'm talking. You're like on the edge. Mm. And right after that, you really, you really decided to get help. Yeah. And, and yeah. you struggled with getting help because people judge. And and the yeah. thing is, and and I see that. And telling me you didn't belong here, and this this world wasn't good for you, and you know the. You know, what are you good for? And like, mm. it's funny because that's not funny. It's funny right. on what we mentally think we don't speak. You were saying it. Yeah. And it's something Jay and I had seen in you in a lot. But that that phone call, yeah, it opened I your eyes. That. It yeah. opened your eyes. And I do, I was sitting in the car. Well, it opened, people it opened our eyes too because it, we all deal with our own things. Mm. Right. You know, and un, unfortunately you deal with something in your brain that not everyone has to deal with. But for those mm -hmm. who do, you are that beacon of light. You're that person that's yeah. going to be that sounding board, the, the, the voice of, Hey, right. you're, you're not alone. This is a real thing. We deal with this. Yeah. And for us being your friend and knowing how to support and how just to listen, just to know, right. Oh my gosh, my, my friend is, is hurting well, in a in a I, way that I don't understand right and I, and I want to you I, can't fix it no you can't no. fix it and you don't need to try to fix it right you just need to listen and and support and love but exactly but to not yeah. know if you were going to be 
on a phone call with me again if I got off that phone call. Yeah. That is really hard because Yeah. And I knew that and that's why I don't I, I would never say anything to anyone. Right. Or I'd disappear. But I knew you. Yeah. I knew you and yeah. I knew that. And those phone calls would come in and I wouldn't answer because I, I didn't feel that I could be a hundred percent good. Mm-hmm. Right. So my it was my own uh judgment of myself yeah. of, you know what you're an idiot why do you why are you thinking these thoughts no but and, that was you reaching that was your re- right. and people do that so those are some signs out there i mean mm. there is signs out there that people that have that and and reach out yeah. and help but i knew that day i when i got to talk to jay that was that evening and when i told jay about it the next day i'm like please blow up maxine until you hear her voice yeah you finally answered i think it was jay that well i, I saw you on the freeway didn't i do you remember we were passing? Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, you called and you're like, come on in. You know, I will, let's let's do dinner. And you almost like forced me because I, I was to. I was like, I don't want to. I don't because I knew what state of mind I was yeah. in, and I was I was clinging on there for a while, and I didn't understand. And you know, it, I can't describe. I think what it is is you know I. It, the the pain that leads up to those thoughts has been going on for years and years and years and years and you're just so worn out and tired and you'd have no I I'm one of the most positive people I know and right. for 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 something like that to bring me down to that level and I I I didn't understand it um I was seeing things I was seeing you know um I didn't and I I you know, when you get diagnosed with bipolar disorder, one of the first things, you know, at the time was my friends were like, you don't have bipolar disorder, your doctor's just prescribing you stuff. And so you you kind of get confused. Yeah. You know, I, I was seeking help. I got a diagnosis and I was like, oh, it kind of calmed me down for a second. I can start learning about this thing. But a lot of my friends who knew me as a racer and, and you know, an athlete were like, you don't have that. You're just listening to the wrong person. So you end up going into these, you don't know who to believe. And then you're, you're waking up with a, with a mind that is, you know, almost playing tricks on you or, you know, just you're, you're in this devastating, it, it gets so bad. And the help for something like that is, is very difficult to navigate too. Right. uh, Because the medications are so harsh. Right. And it's expensive to see a psychiatrist. It's $500 if you want to go see a psychiatrist. Yeah. You know, and if they prescribe you the wrong thing, you, me, I would get disappointed in the medications too. So it was just a circle. But to go back to that, you had, we had that dinner at that place. And I remember I could barely speak. I remember that. I could yeah. barely talk to you because I'm like, in my mind, I was going, I want to tell them what's wrong, but I can't. I, I daren't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And I daren't tell them because what if they leave me? Yeah. You know, that's what I was thinking. And right. that's what you think. They're going to walk away from me because they think I'm, you know, I don't know. It, it, right. it, it's a very, it's a vicious cycle. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, and I eventually told you and I felt better about, I remember feeling better. Yeah. yeah. And you guys were, I could tell you were concerned. Yeah. Um, 
but let, it is, letting you know, getting a phone call like that, not knowing if your friend's going to be alive the next day, mm. it's pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty traumatic. So yeah, I, yeah. We, yeah. We, we weren't walking anywhere. We wanted to be there for you for sure. Yeah. We have been over yeah. the, I mean, but that's why you drink to hide those emotions and feelings and, you know, mm. you, it's just spiral, right? It's well, spiraling down. Yeah. I mean, any, you know, there's a couple of things really is, look, I, I realized lately that if I was going to find out whether I had bipolar disorder or, you know, whatever mental illness or a problem, if I was drinking or I only drank, um, I had to, I had to clean all that out to understand because bipolar disorder, uh, drinking mimic, mimics bipolar disorder. It's the same, it, it, it's the same kind of symptoms. Um, but what I have with drinking First of all, drinking, yeah, it, it, you know, it solves the problem in the minute, you know, and the problem's never the problem. The solution is the problem. My solution was to drink, right, um, which was good in that moment for that night, for the hour, but the next day it was terrible and right. you've done all this damage and, and what happens when you drink is it's like being in a jar of formaldehyde. You don't, you don't learn, you don't grow, you don't learn to deal with any of your problems you just stay the same. And before you know it, it's five years down the line. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. haven't, you haven't, you've just, it, you've just stayed the same and nothing's changed. Um, so I actually read a book called um, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. And that book, it just laid out like, hey, you know, you got to take all your responsibilities. You know, you if, if, and that was the thing, like if, if you need to find out, you can't drink, you have to get your life in order. My life was pretty much in order. I wasn't, you know, I I had a good job and that's what I knew with something was really wrong because everything was fine. You know, paycheck fine, car, no problem. I'm living great friends. We got Bambi. Yeah, I'm, I'm Bambi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My little yeah. live stream that I absolutely love. And and so nothing was wrong. Nothing um, situational was wrong. Yeah. Um, so when I decided to stop drinking, and yeah, you are right, that's, you know, drink immediately changed my mood if I was feeling a certain way I'd have a few glasses of wine and I wasn't there anymore so it was a relief from the pain I was in yeah. and and mental illness is painful bipolar disorder is physically painful it, it 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 I can't even describe to you what it can I mean Tyson Fury the the world champion boxer has it you know, and, and, and he's just this amazing guy and, you know, six foot nine, strongest guy in the world. And it crippled him and, and he talks a lot about it, but, um, you know, you drink and then you realize that I realized one, one night, I think I'd been drinking all day. It was a Sunday. And I, I was like, I, I'm either going to live or die. Which one, which one do you want? I literally just went, which one are we going with? Because I felt such a shame, like, you know, you have this gift of life and it is a gift and you can either face up to everything or you can, you know, and it's not a matter of, oh, you're a coward. You know, I hear this thing about suicide yeah. and that's just ridiculous. You know, it's so rotten to hear that word, but you know, the suffering that you have to figure it out. You have to fight. You, you have to find a solution that's better than drinking. Whatever you choose has to be far better than than drinking if you're a drinker and what happens a lot of times the 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 reason that 
I drink also is I'm physically, um, when I drink, my blood sugar spikes really high. I have a very good response to alcohol. So it spikes so high that when it drops, it drops very quickly. So I have to have another drink to keep the blood sugar up. And once I kind of learned that physical aspect of it, I was like, oh, that exp you know, it explained a lot. Right. So I felt that I could stop. Yeah. Mind you, um, for all you listeners out there, I know it's kind of heavy right now, but hmm. the, um, the thing too is we just talked about her writing career, how much she loved to write and wanted to go. Jay and I knew this woman for a few years that didn't even want to touch a bike. Yeah. That wasn't helping anymore. The, her out wasn't her mm. out anymore. And right. that's, that's, I'm like, Maxine yeah. doesn't want to go for a ride. Hold on. Like we would beg you. Yeah. And we were in Fontana. You're there. You're like, I don't feel like riding. Yeah. I'd never ride. I mean, yeah. yeah. And then when you started to try riding, the medicine was so messed up. Oh God. Your brain couldn't function to pedal right. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's the other side of that yeah. is, is, um, you know, oh God. Um, I mean, I, I just came off lithium like two weeks ago. Um, because I, you know, I was, uh, lithium is a great drug for bipolar. It's natural. It's a salt. However, if you take too much of it, it, you get lithium toxic and it can damage your, your kidneys. kidneys. Uh, and I just became lithium toxic over this last year. Um, so you kind of forget things. I was forgetting my keys and people at work were starting to notice. They noticed it at sea otter and I felt like I was getting like an early onset of Parkinson's or something. Uh, I, I was forgetting everything and second guessing myself and, and we just figured it out that I was taking too much lithium. So what happened when I first started taking the medication, I, you kind of pin all your hopes on this medication. You come out the doctor and you got your little slip that he's written for this medication. You think, great, I'm going to fix this. This is going to be great. I'm going to want to ride again. I'm going to want to see my friends again. I'm going to be, this is it. And when you take that medication, it doesn't work. It, it's so devastating because yeah. you, you have this little slip of paper and you give it to the person at the pharmacy and, and you pay, I pinned all my hopes on that. And, you know, there were, there were some drugs that they gave me that I, within 10 minutes I would fall over. Yeah. You know, things that I, I would, I would be like, well, if they don't know how to treat this, what, you know, and it was just years and years of this, you know, so I just got into a place where I just didn't want to be around anyone or do anything, you know, mm. but I, I, there's always been this like pilot light on lit with me, you know, you never like let it Devin, go out. Devin never let it go out. And, yeah. and, 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 and it got to the point where it wasn't orange anymore. It was blue Yeah. and it was just flickering, but you just, you, you have to figure it out. You have to give your, what I learned from that book was you have to give yourself every opportunity to be well every single opportunity to be well. So I had to keep going. And my big breakthrough was I talked to a friend. I told my friend, um, uh, Gina, and I was like, Gina, I'm, I'm not doing good. And this was a couple of years ago. And, and I talked, and it was such a relief. And I told my friend, Anthony, and then I told, and them, and I started to open up to everyone, you know, about why I couldn't ride. I can't ride because I'm dizzy. I, I come around corners. I'd had CAT scans and tests for Alzheimer's and, oh, you know, yeah. all this stuff. And it was basically, I came off an antidepressant. And when you do that, you get brain shivers. And so you for about a few months, I couldn't ride. And, and I would run into trees and 
I just yeah. like, oh, okay, I'll just make fun of it. And but it was, it just worried me, and it, it was just like, if I can't ride my bike anymore, then yeah, you know, oh, God, man, like this is this is gnarly, and it, you know, um, but what I did was I I I read that book and I called a friend of mine, Ida, who rides, and I knew that she was sober, and I was like, Ida, will you help me? Will you be my sponsor? And I don't really do AA. I don't go to meetings or anything, but she is in AA and she is one of the most wonderful humans I've ever come across. Yeah. And and I, I asked her for help and I needed it. I needed that help. And Remember earlier you know, she said she asked for help when she knows she needs yeah. it. So it comes full yeah. circle because yeah. it took that for you to know you needed it. Right. And this and this is all within the past three years. This is all mm, still new. Yeah, two and a half years two ago. And a half, yeah. Um and so huh. fast forward to today, who loves getting people on her bike, right. who has a hotline that she can tell you about, Oh yeah. who yeah. is out there to help other people because if it's helped her, she's yeah. there to help others. And yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So basically cut along a, a, a million our story short. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, the best thing I did was um, I got sober and went through that with a friend and then I volunteered on the crisis text line. Um, and that was, has been probably a savior for me, just giving my time. And, uh, but it's, it's also about, I get to talk to people that I know exactly where they've been. Yeah. So for me, it's as much about me as it, as is, it is helping sure. it helps other people but sure. i honestly wouldn't go through i wouldn't take all that pain and all that struggle I, if you had to push a button and say okay you d we'll erase all that and you don't have this anymore i wouldn't push that button because the conversations i have with young people that are suffering and you know i can you understand to go through that to, to, get where to be able today. to share right. that with them and and so it's really this amazing turnaround yeah. and now you know, getting back on my bike and just riding again. Shredding you know. and hucking. Uh, you know, hook. I'm going to do some hooks today. I'll tell you how those <laughs> go. Yeah. But uh, I also put out a, a website uh, recently. I just, I'm just starting it. It's called mentaldefense.com. Um, I actually spelt it with a C because I'm from England and apparently you spell it with an S here in America. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. I got that wrong. So that is the vaccine we know. <laughs> and, if you, so, and if you order tires on there, it's spelled with a Y. Yeah. Okay. And right. color is spelled with an O. Oh, my uh, gosh. So but, um, yeah. let's spell it out for them then. What is the, what is the website? Oh, yeah. I can't spell it all. That's, that's too, no. M-E-N-T-A-L, mental, defense, D-E-F-E-N-C-E.com. And that's just a basically, it's a peering website where I put on other people's stories like, um, you know, Andy Irons, um, and it's, you know, Andy Irons, there's, uh, the biggest thing for me is the crisis stabilization units. It's a free, uh, 24 hour service. It's exactly the same as a, uh, emergency room. Okay. If you are having a mental breakdown or you're in crisis, there's one in Paris. If you Google it, um, you can go there, you can stay up to 24 hours um, they'll get you a doctor, a psychiatrist, they'll check your medication, or they'll just make sure that you're safe for, and that, that I've used those two times and they are, because when you're in that state of, uh, you know, suicidality, you have to break that thought Yeah. and you have to, the best thing to do is go to the crisis stabilization units. They're, sh they're, they're popping up in e every city, but 
people don't understand what they are or, or, or that there's help for that. So yeah, and it's important to get that out. I think it's funny because it, you know, our society as a whole in general mm. pushes so hard for for education, which I'm all for. Mm. But if you don't understand, mm. you can educate, you can talk, you can do all this stuff. But if you don't understand, or if you don't have a, you, you know, I th- I think with what you've gone through, there's there's still, and you said it, there's there's a stigma, right? You're yeah. you're afraid, like you're going to be judged for right. this thing that you don't have control over. It's right. what your brain's doing, yeah, and you're going to be judged on it, and you know. W- everyone's judged in some way, you know, we've, mm. we've all done our weight loss stuff and, you know, yeah. so we're judged as big people, you know, now, <laughs> anymore. now I'm judged as a skinny guy, you know, <laughs> so, but, but, you know, everyone goes through their stuff, but it's scary when you have that, you're, you're with something that's not easily talked about. Mm. Right. And there's a stigma that's going to be put on you. So it's like, who do you go to? And so it's so, yeah. you know, and that's... Well, that's why I wanted to do right. it. Or, or at least talk about... Oh, I talk very openly about it. Right. And Open lines of communication is yeah, huge. Yeah, and, 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 you know, it's... it. You know, with, with work, I, I, I'm not pointing out any... But just any kind of work, it's like, you know, there is going to be a judgment on that. Yeah. You know, there there is. And that's why you have... To, I have to talk about it um, uh, openly. Yeah. Because... Um, it is normal, right? Well, you know, and, it, and, and there's so many people that struggle. Well, I mean, I or bring, understand up, I bring up Spencer. Like we had no clue until we did the podcast with Spencer. Right, right. He brought up that 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 mm-hmm. um, Cloud Nine was going to be coming out, and he invited everyone out there. Right, and it's like, who knew? If you met the Spencer today, who knew yeah. what he struggled with? What he struggles with? Right. Because we put on that persona, you yeah. put up that wall. You your smiles. Right? Well, honestly, for someone for someone like me, who who hasn't thankfully had to deal with mm. mental illness in that way. Right. It, it helps me understand. It helps yeah. me. Right. It, it breaks, it breaks me down to say, Hey, make sure that you're sensitive to, you know, not just you as my friend, but right. now someone else that they have, I'm, yeah. I might not know. And I don't know their story. I don't know what right. they're going through. I don't know. So it's like, you know, we, we have to be, empathetic and and understand yeah. and not sympathetic no empathetic, empathetic. listen yeah. and that's the thing like i put on the website uh you know how to talk to friends whose posts have you worried yeah. you know about if they're posting certain things and it's scary to someone that that yeah. isn't you know has never had those thoughts right. or, or dealt with it right um so listening is is the big thing and yeah. and you know like i said i when i was struggling it was just became this I just searched everywhere I could for films or, or YouTube videos and I would connect through that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, but now it's like, no, you know what? Uh, you know, you, you've just got to be a, a beacon at some point for yeah. something, you know? Well, my hat's off to you, Maxine, because oh, that's, thanks. I know the struggle. I mean, I've seen you all these years, yeah. so I've seen the struggle for you to actually talk about it, but how many people you're helping and the reality of, because we all have our own issues. I mean, everyone, oh, yeah. if someone sit there and say they're perfect, well, so be it. But everyone has problems, issues, whatever. But it's how you deal with them and what mm-hmm. you've done. You've done all the homework to make Maxine better. And this helps you in your ways 
because it's an everyday battle. It's not like it's gone away. Oh no, you deal with it every day. Every day. And but yeah. now you're riding your bike. You're smiling. You're yeah. You're, you're being the Maxine that you know you know how to be. Right. And that that to be able to live life and do the job, do the go to dinners, go yeah. to have friendships. Yeah. Because. You don't do those if you're hiding behind it all. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, that's the, what I was saying about the solution, you know, is the problem. you got to choose the right solution, right? Right. You know, um, I could drink or I could, um, you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you, you know, every single day is, is a pretty much a struggle. You know, it, it, it's hard, you know, to get up and, and have certain thoughts like suicidal ideation. But I, I understand that that's not me. That's not me as a person. It's my mind. It's it's doing certain things, and you know, and also like going to your your serotonin is made in your gut. So I've changed my diet. I've lost weight. I've been on this program with you, wonderful people. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I brought my weight down twenty pounds, and that's helped. It's helped my gut feel better, and and so that hopefully my brain will will you know my gut will uh, produce more serotonin for my brain, and and these small steps that. You know, and every day I, I wake up and I, if I, you know, I don't feel good most of the time, but I put on, you have to, by about 10 o'clock, I'm like, okay, we're ready. If I have to meditate or go for a ride or stretch. Yeah. And it's incredibly uncomfortable, but millions and millions of people feel the same way. Right. Millions. And that's what I learned recently about all this is you're not alone. It's just, uh, you will feel alone. And now it's like, yeah, I, I want to go ride and 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 i just talked to you earlier about doing vip rides and we're gonna barbecue and we're gonna do all this stuff and it's like there was a time in my life where i never felt the wind against my face and fingertips i i I couldn't feel anything because i just couldn't there was there was no there was nothing there i was not there you weren't in the moment i was a shell yeah um deeply in 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 that and now it's just like whenever i feel just a gentle breeze on my face i'm like let's do this yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know awesome what i mean though. let's go yeah. let's just make sure your solution is the is is the right one yeah and that's that's the thing and and you know yeah well we're getting our website done here <laughs> shortly well, hopefully, hopefully. yeah and um, and we uh, will definitely have a link to yours yeah so ours, that yes. so yeah. that we can uh help out in that way because we're you know we yeah. we love what we do and we love you and we yeah. love it was a bit heavy it, this wasn't it was it, it too heavy no, no not at all you know what uh, i it's feel weighted <laughs> 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 sorry everyone but no if you thought you're having you know, it's kidding. you this is this yeah. is the cool part about us i mean yeah. not only how many years of knowing each other but this is part of what we well had. yeah and it's also you know talking about mental health or bipolar disorder in my case for in a healthy way because you you can get pulled and sucked into the negative but i will say that bipolar disorder for me has also given me enthusiasm beyond my wildest dreams like it's be it's given me a personality that's unique and you know it it brought me to america i just quit everything i'm like i'm gonna go race bikes right because this is you know 
that's still that crazy person in your head. Just <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that had anything to do with bipolar. Yeah. Okay? That was uh. Maxine's a nut. And you know what, mom? I'm out. How would you say it? Mom? Mom. Hey, mom, I'm out. Callie, yeah. here I come. Yeah. And you showed up in your bikini to your brother's house, right? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah. It was probably a one piece. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <'Cause> <That's> <laughs> let's not go there. Uh, you, you know, I was thinking about... Um, Going into this podcast today, how fortunate I am because I always wanted to have a little sister because it's just me and my brother. I have my older brother. He's five years older. You want to be my brother. And I just always, you know, Aww. and you guys, you, the, the <laughs> two of you have always been like a sister to me, like yeah. good and bad. Like we can hash it yeah. out. We can do whatever, yeah. but we still love each other yeah, at the end family, of the day. Yeah. yeah. And so I was just thinking about that last night i'm going oh i get to do yeah. a podcast with my two sisters that <laughs> they might beat me up afterwards yeah, <laughs> well, well, yeah i mean you have to have Actually, that but you this know? sister not me this other sister here can kick your ass on a bike <laughs> well i know that <laughs> hey now that's that's what I we're hold, all about i hold back lately oh. <laughs> But no, but no, yeah. Thank no, you. Yeah, and you know what? And this isn't the the last podcast oh, for, no. with you for sure. We'll do more. We'll follow up, and we'll yeah, we'll no, talk I appreciate about. It. Yeah. Oh, it's good. To, it's good to let it out. And and like I said, if anyone out there, the listeners, and you know, um, I know this one was a bit bit of a serious one, but it's uh, uh, it's it's you know, CSUs and and all these resources are you know. Uh, it just has to be out there. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you so. know, the the bikes bring us together. Yeah. But life keeps us together. We'll, yeah. we'll so. put on we'll put on the media when we put this out. Also, we'll put the your mm. website. Yeah. Um, right it's in starting the, out. Right. It's going to be a lot. Of, like I said, I'm trying to figure out a way for it to be very positive. Yeah. You know, um, and not be you know. Whenever I look up mental illness on on you know, if you look, Google it and then you click on images there's just cartoons everywhere and it's like no this is serious like you know andy irons you know yeah all these amazing people yeah uh struggle with this you know well i think it's great that you're giving back and and helping people that helps you as well so yeah yeah good well, for thanks you for having me yeah yeah this has been good are we gonna go shred now well We're first of all you guys are gonna go shred but Jay is going to be shredding on his Kendas. On my Kenda tires. Ooh, <laughs> that's oh, right. Oh, Long yeah. time. Uh, well, I'm going to be shredding on my specialized stuff. Well, exactly. But we, uh, Kenda's a sponsor of our podcast. They've always believed in what we do. Um, so Jay's going to go out. He's going to show you what his pinners can do. Maybe help him uh, huck a little bit. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Kenda. And also, um, you guys will be hearing up shortly and... We'll put that up as well. A new uh, sponsor on the Huck and Ride podcast is Trail Tune Suspension. Um, local, talk about your... Uh, local homegrown business yeah. and just following your passion. And and honestly, his passion is suspension. He's the quickest turnaround that I know of. Um, I send it from the shops and even from my previous employment. Um, you get it to him. He uh, definitely doesn't want to hold on to it or... Go have too many he lunches. He wants you on your bike. He definitely wants you on your bike. Um, he returns um, your product back to you with free shipping. Um, he provides complete mountain bike service. And he also does data acquisition. Um, there will be more of that. We'll have them linked on the website. Trail Tune Suspension. Um, get all your stuff dialed in, especially in the winter. That way you can definitely um, you know, have it all dialed in, ready for the 
I don't know. Do we ever really shut down riding bikes in California? Well, I know. But Sky Park's closed. I'm sad. I know, right? <laughs> Santa. Snowed in. There, yeah. and, um, Santa and if, thing. If you're in a shop out there, too, he does dealer pricing where you can go through the, sh- the shop kits to them. So trail two suspension. John, he is definitely amazing at it. And he's a vet. He is. So Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Good for him. So, yes. Thank you. While Lala recovers. Yep, from hacking <laughs> instead of hucking. Uh, <laughs> Thank so, you, everyone, for listening. And, and as we talked about today, no matter where life's journey takes you, no matter what trail you go down, keep, keep the, the rubber, rubber side, side down. down. Ooh. How much thought have you put into your mountain bike suspension? Most riders set the air pressures, and that's the last time they ever think about it. But why not make the most of the technology inside your bike's fork and shop? The crew at Trail Tune Suspension can help you dial in your ride with factory level service and tuning, complete with data acquisition equipment to really analyze your needs based on your skill, speed, height, weight, and riding locale. Fast turnaround times, competitive pricing, and free return shipping inside of Southern California make the Trail Tune Suspension crew the obvious choice to get your ride dialed in. Support local homegrown businesses. Check them out at trailtunesuspension.com.